0: This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash show. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of September 7th, 2019. abn Bev gets ready for a hot corn
1: syrup injunction. After not getting asked to the prom, CBA, open to all options.
2: Apparently, Jim's selling his whiskey collection in London.
1: Terrifying times. National claw shortage. All this and more on Have a Drink News. <clears throat>
0: Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Fraser.
0: And I'm Christopher Walker. Let's get right into it. <laughs> right. So the federal judge grants Miller Corps' preliminary injunction blocking Bud Light, quote, no corn syrup packaging. Um, um, so for those who are unaware, we, we kind of covered this a little bit. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's a big... They did those commercials back and forth, and so Bud has apparently on their packaging... And includes no corn syrup. Uh, yeah, so because they were making it a big deal that they that other people use it to sweeten their their
1: beers.
2: Yes, I also want to point out that their packaging says hops, barley, water, and rice. To which I go, yeah, one of those things shouldn't be on here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, So ABN Bev has until March 2nd, 2020 to sell through Bud Light packaging that contains language and an icon indicating that the top selling beer in the U.S. contains, quote, no corn syrup. A federal judge ordered today. Uh, Wednesday's order is the latest development in the deceptive advertising lawsuit filed in March by Miller Coors against the world's largest beer manufacturer. Miller Coors alleges that AB's Bud Light Super Bowl ads and subsequent transparency advertising campaign were aimed at tricking consumers into believing that Coors Light and Miller Light contain high fructose corn syrup. The advertisements that discussed Coors and Miller's use of corn syrup, a different product, in the brewing process. So uh, it yep. says, in today's order, Western District of Wisconsin Judge William Conley Modified an existing partial preliminary injunction granted to Miller Coors in May to extend to Bud Light packaging. The May order blocked AB from displaying certain Bud Light billboards and television ads that he deemed misleading. And denied AB's motion to dismiss the case.
2: See, I, we were talking about this earlier when we were like looking through stories. And I had said, like, you know what? Yeah, they've stopped doing those commercials entirely, too. I forgot there was an injunction. <laughs> yeah, this yeah is I forgot f- they, they, they had built on the previous one to make this one work. And I was like, oh,
1: right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this isn't the first injunction in this case. Slowly things are spiraling out of ABM Bev's uh, control.
0: Good. Uh, so, despite granting MillerCore's request for a preliminary injunction, Conley is allowing AB to sell through its existing packaging inventory available as of June 6th, with a hard deadline to cease sales of the packs by March 2nd, 2020. Or whichever comes first. Like, if they run out first, and that's fine, too. Uh, according to Conley's latest ruling, even though Bud Light's packaging doesn't reference Miller Lite or Coors Light, that doesn't mean that it's not actionable under the Lanham Act, the federal statute governing trademarks, service marks, and unfair competition. Conley added that a reasonable jury could find that the implicit message of the packaging is that other beers contain corn syrup. mm mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, I mean, it's, that's sort of what it obvious. says. Yeah. Uh, it says, moreover, in light of the limited number of beers in the light beer market, with Bud Light, Miller Light, and Coors Light accounting for almost 100% of sales, that same jury could also find a substantial segment of consumers would infer that Bud Light's principal competitors contain corn syrup, especially after a $100 million television and print com- campaign misleadingly suggesting the same thing.
2: You know... I wouldn't really want jury duty that much. <laughs>
0: but if you were to choose
2: it. <laughs> but if I was to choose a jury, I would love to have been on something like if they had, had a gun taken this to trial or something. The problem is I would not get selected for that jury. They'd be like, Okay, let's well, step forward. Do you have anything? Um, nope, can't can't think of anything. Any podcasts you do? Oh crap, they're on to me.
1: You just have to lie <laughs> your way to get on to make sure you made it through selection.
2: <sighs> no, because then the trial gets thrown out and the Justice doesn't get served.
1: So, yeah,
0: um, I, I don't know. I think that they're they're getting their uh, if this is justice. This so is, this is just, <laughs> the whole
1: thing has the comments. I don't know if they're included in that article. I've seen them elsewhere. Uh, that uh, ABM Bev had like their lawyers talking about. Oh no, we're here because consumers want a transparent company that's telling them that's what's in their beer, and we're here to do that. We're here to provide that for them.
2: They're not here to tell you that rice doesn't belong in beer.
1: Okay, so actually, there is a quote here at the, the like bottom the most of the article. Backhanded thing when you know where they're coming from with this, and you're like, God, just shut up. So an mm-hmm.
0: AB spokesperson said, "Bud Light is brewed with no corn syrup, plain and simple." We look forward to defending our right to inform beer drinkers of this fact at trial and on appeal. Miller Coors is resisting customer demands for transparency in the ingredients used uh, to brew its beers, but those demands are here to stay. We will continue leading this movement in the beer industry.
1: That's not what this is about at all.
0: Wow.
2: <laughs> no, well, I mean, the, their their lawyer, their legal team is doing its job, which is yeah. don't frame it in a way that, that they're obviously going yeah. to lose. Frame it in a different context and it's see just, who will go along with you. It's so ridiculous.
1: Uh, and then even though it's like, the, uh, the Brewers Association even came out in Miller's defense on this and they're like, no this is like most of our members also use uh, corn products to for the yeast to eat that's literally right yeah. there it makes the alcohol.
2: Well don't I mean you can't blame a B and Bev they don't they don't know how brewing works.
1: <laughs> Obviously, the, again yeah, and I think it.
0: it's funny. Not once do they they're like we're gonna we need to let people know what's in this how what's in it to be to, for brewing and stuff. And it's like okay, but not once have you actually mentioned rice? No, they do. It says it. on their <laughs> They do. Packaging. It's on
2: their thing. They say that they they use rice. They they
1: but never. They, but even in the commercials, they, they
0: never say. You know what
2: I mean? They, like yeah, what they don't say is that <laughs> that rice is not a, not one of the key ingredients in beer. No. Uh, they don't say it's but,
1: their cheap workaround to make a waterier product,
2: right? Yeah,
0: that's insanity.
2: Uh,
1: all right. Uh, in <laughs> other nope. in other, AB news.
2: Yeah, I was going to say. You know what else is insanity?
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Craft Brew Alliance uh, have said they are exploring all options in the wake of the no offer Brexit. I mean uh, offer from <laughs> AB. <laughs>
2: Uh, can someone in the AB's board just walk across the aisle and switch sides and go against their current CEO and go, no, you know what? We're changing the way we're doing everything now.
1: Craft Brew Alliance stands up in open court and calls ABM Bev a naughty boy. <laughs>
2: uh, sorry, me and Chris fell down a rabbit hole earlier.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you ever get like bored, just uh, dig into the current uh, goings on in Parliament right now over Brexit, and it is delicious Like you will mm-hmm. fall down this rabbit hole and go wow i'm really glad we have an in writing constitution yeah. Just things are crazy over there right now. Mm-hmm. All right, so rearrange the blocks or sell them. That's the question the Craft Brew Alliance CEO Andy Thomas seemed to be working through in a rare off-cycle conference call with investors and analysts today after his company's largest playmate, Anheuser-Busch InBev, declined its long-held option to purchase the Portland, Oregon, headquartered craft beer maker. The call came two weeks after the August 23rd deadline for AB, which already owns 31.3% of CBA, to make an offer of uh, $24.50 per share, which would come out to about $328 million, to purchase the remainder of the company or pay one-time fee of $20 million. AB opted for the latter, stating, uh, why buy the cow for $328 million when I can pay $20 million and continue to get the milk?
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I hadn't thought this would cause, like, such a tailspin in the CBA as it had, but...
1: Yeah, things, things not, uh, going so good after this happened. But, uh, the CBA, if you are not in the know, they're, like, their biggest, uh, namesake here is, uh, Kona Brewing and Widmere Brothers and Red Hook, which I think has been on the decline. You don't really see it on Mm -hmm. shelves as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, since that time, CBA stock, which you can see it on, uh on the tickers as brew which is fantastic uh, has declined from $12.96 on August 22nd the day before the deadline to $9.28 at the end of trading day
2: you know i do want to point out though like it would be an, it, it it would be kind of like business insanity to spend 24.5 dollars per share instead of what it currently was valued at, which is twelve point nine
1: six. I'm sure that that price had was locked in from something years yeah. ago.
2: I'm sure. I'm just saying like that that would be part of the uh it's when you part when of you, the reason they would look down and go,
1: No, that's not worth that much money to spend. We're not paying literally double the current stock value, or yeah, more than double the current stock value. Or at the time it'd have been just under double for this. Yeah. No, forget it. Uh, to spark speculation that CBA might look to sell to another suitor or divest its brands, including fast-growing Kona. Another narrative emerged saying CBA and or Kona were too entangled with AB to ever be unlinked, and a case in point with that is ABM Bev already brews most of the stateside Kona. Uh. That is uh, Casey when he, was, uh, he went to tour at Anheuser-Busch in St. Louis. And they'd proudly display bottles of Kona and take ownership of it and say that, yeah. oh no, that's one of our brands. And mm-hmm. Casey even had to like go, No it isn't. And they were yeah. like they were like, No, no, this is one of our brands.
2: Like, it, I mean, it's a third of your brand.
1: You own a third of it, yes. <laughs> so I know that's a narrative out there, Thomas said. And that's not a narrative that I agree with. That's not to say, again, with everybody reading into things, oh, my God, they're going to go uh, and sell Kona. All that is to say, if you look at the building blocks that we have, and if you read through the narrative carefully, we have always constructed those building blocks in a way that is going to deliver the most profitable, highest return for our shareholders, which was a qualifying offer from AB on August 23rd. Now, with that removed, it's on to plan B. But plan B isn't allowing the stock price to languish at $9. Uh, It is not. I can assure you of that. And it is not to let the Kona brand continue to be overshadowed in this marketplace. It deserves better. You guys deserve better.
2: Kona being overshadowed. Like, Kona is one of the better-selling...
1: Yeah. It's one of the (laughs) better-tasting... Yeah. Uh, throughout the call, Thomas stressed that CBA has the right building blocks. Again, going back to this uh, analogy, at its disposal, he pointed to healthy financials, that twenty million dollar windfall from AB, a portfolio of brands led by Kona and initiative or innovation in- innovation pipeline yeah. through its PH experiment division, a growing presence in international markets, a scalable footprint and a strong talent base. In addition, the company can also rely on its master distributor agreement with AB as well as 300,000 barrels of contract brewing capacity at AB facilities for up the next uh, for up to the next 7 years. But if the construction materials are there, the blueprint is changing, Thomas said, these building blocks provide CBA the basis for unlocking our value in the future. Be that bringing them together uh, holistically to drive fast and more profitable growth or understanding how different combinations of these blocks can unlock more immediate value.
2: (laughs) More immediate value, meaning, you know, we could we could sell off parts of these,
1: you know, you know, the stuff that AB is brewing for us. Maybe we just sell them those bits.
2: look we're not saying we're not selling kona we're also saying we're not saying that we're not saying that we're not selling kona
1: <laughs> thomas stressed the cba's management team is being exhaustive in making sure all options are considered before choosing the correct path forward company's leadership team has begun working with independent board members bankers and external advisors to explore alternatives strategic and otherwise and the conversation with A.B. have continued as C.B.A. tries to understand what a future relationship looks like. So this is I don't, it's not a complete breakup. but No, yeah,
2: but it it seems like, uh, you know, seems like they may be A.B. is like, yeah, no, we, we don't want to work anymore for this. Then then we have to. And craft brewer lines is kind of like, well, you know, we have other things. Uh, look, we have ponies. Who likes ponies?
1: <laughs> Everyone likes ponies.
2: Uh, so yeah, like they're 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 trying. Yeah. I like to imagine that this phone call was a lot more frantic than even this article makes it sound like it was. <laughs> like a like someone coming down off like a three day coke binge. Like, no, it's fine. We've got this handled.
1: It's either uh, an '80s uh, stockbroker who was delivering this call, or mm-hmm. an '80s electronics store manager delivering <laughs> this call. Either way, he was manic, right? <laughs> so I don't know. I'm I'm nervous about it. Like before, I was like, eh, "Who cares?" And now I'm like. What is going to happen here? Yeah,
2: I thought this would be kind of like no big deal. I was not expecting this, the 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 stock and the company to drop that hard though.
1: Yeah, it's like literally nothing changed except AB gave them twenty million dollars. That's the only thing that changed.
2: Spe- speculation dropped. Uh, yeah, because everyone was expecting AB to buy them and then they didn't, and they all went, "Well, AB must know something that we don't." So let's they know yeah, that let's they jump just out dropped this.
1: a crap ton of money for another brewery so they're not going to drop another crap ton of money on mm-hmm. this like it's no they've still yet to see any any profits from the purchase of wicked weed even mm. like right. we were talking about that before we've seen a slight distribution increase but it's still not hit a national level despite right. their i guess it wasn't even 24 hours of ad saying, you know, oh, we're bringing sour beers to the world <laughs> or to the U.S. And then everyone pounced on it and destroyed it. So I, I don't know. Like, they've they've been buying so much stuff up and they're in the hole. Like, they are incredibly in debt. They could not afford like when given an yeah. option, it's like, oh, 328 million dollars or 20 million dollars. They chose the smaller number.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know who's not choosing the smaller number?
1: Hmm.
2: People at uh, Sotheby's in London.
1: I was going to say Jim. <laughs> I, I was—I know he's out of town, but I thought he was in Michigan. Apparently, he, uh, he went to London and took his liquor cabinet with him.
2: Okay. All joking aside, we're pretty sure it's not Jim.
1: I'm pretty sure it is. Don't. <laughs>
2: uh, no one no, with that uh, much
1: scotch going for that much money could be anyone other than Jim.
2: Coming <laughs> from uh, Forbes, most valuable whiskey collection ever to be auctioned at Sotheby's. Uh, described by the auction house as, excuse me, quote, the ultimate whiskey collection, a rec- record breaking collection of whiskey will be sold in London later this month. It will very likely be the most valuable collection of whiskey ever offered at auction, and the first single-owner offering of, uh, of spirits from an auction house, from the auction house. The collection comes from a uh, mysterious U.S.-based owner known only as the Ultimate Whiskey Collector. Uh, (laughs) Well, known as our friend Jim. Uh, (laughs) He is selling 394 lots comprising... 467 bottles and nine casks. The entire collection is to be worth approximately $4.9 million. But
1: That's a lot of whiskey.
0: We really need to have a, uh, a Hank Hill sounder. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that, that seems like the appropriate reaction there.
1: <laughs> would it be that or would it be the.? I the, 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 think like
2: it would when, just be the, much the same. I tell, you, I tell you what. Okay.
1: To, Ooh, one combined. <laughs> or uh, I guess this is going back into that cartoons episode we had. <laughs> or to be when uh he gets kicked in the nuts by Bobby.
0: I don't remember that.
1: Oh uh, Bobby <gasps> he took away Bobby's Game Boy and Bobby uh I don't know you. you? He he that's my pursed him. Kicked him <laughs> kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> nice.
2: <sighs> well, This particular auction may deserve the superlatives that the news stories have attached to it. Here's some of the whiskey that's up for grabs. Uh, Well, there are some McHalen whiskey that comprises... McHalen, I think, is... McAllen. Close. McAllen.
0: Well, yeah, when I say it, it doesn't sound as fun. So, yeah, you go ahead.
2: (laughs) McAllen whiskey comprises half the lots. Uh, The total, which is estimated at... uh, $2.7 million. They showcase uh, 70 years of.
1: I'm sorry? I was just going to say, like, you always hear McAllen with, uh, like, these gigantic numbers, like, oh, it's some of the most expensive scotch and whiskey in the world, period. It's like, yeah, but in in this particular lot, uh, there's some.
2: There is well. These bottles offer uh, showcase seventy years of whiskey production. They include up t- include a sixty year old Macallan nineteen twenty six sourced from the same cask of the bottle that was sold for one point two million dollars last year. Uh, this particular one is estimated at uh, five hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars. There are two Macallan uh, like. Lique, Lique Six Pillars Collection, a si- uh, series of six bottles, also estimated at the same price for the bunch. A vertical series of 18-year-old Macallans that have been uh, released over decades. A and a wall-mounted cabinet designed by craftsman James Leacock for uh, holding a collection of 46 Macallan fine and rare miniatures from 1937 to 1991. Valued at over a hundred thousand dollars.
1: The value's there, but my goodness.
2: Oh, there's more than just McAllen. Uh, there's like a ver-
1: our discussion about uh, pre-show. This was before. This is even in the pre-show. Um, it was like, wow. I wonder what's been going on in that bottle. And it was like oxidation. Oxidation, oxidation has been going yeah. on in that bottle.
2: <laughs> there's a picture of them in like the, the. There's one of them that's like from like 1960s something, and you're like. Well, that's red. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like rust. But other than the McAllens, they have a vertical of official Port Ellen releases, the Pappy Van Winkle of the Scotch Whiskey World. Hmm. Uh, the first of 17 editions will be sold by the bottle. A couple of 70-year-old offerings from Gordon and Macfere, uh a Morhawk, uh, and a Glenn Levitt are also available. Uh, various releases from the Italian bottler... Silvano who, uh who is treasured amongst collectors, uh, are also likely to hit five figures per bottle. Uh, they also have the oldest official bottling from Glenn Fittick, a 64-year from
1: 1937.
2: Jeez. Uh, a, how do we say this, Chris? Balvini. Bolvani. Balvini. A fifty-year-old, uh, also from 1937, alongside a fifty-plus-year-old Dalmore's and a fifty-year-old Highland Park.
1: All right, Jesus.
2: Yeah, yeah. the The sale will be uh, open for online bidding in on September 27th and end in a live auction uh, on October 24th at the Olympia event in West Kensington, London, to take place alongside the. Uh, RM Sotheby's sale of collectible motor cars on the same day. So you can drink and drive. You should not do that seriously. <laughs> no, please
0: don't
1: do that. <laughs> oh man, that is just the nicest whiskey stash. Mm-hmm. That's, it's,
0: it's insane.
2: Like, well, yeah, no, like it's it's just nuts. Like the sheer number of some of that. You're just like,
1: ah, oh, an anonymous American contributor. Um, we we salute you. And know your name is actually Jim.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like this man's running out of his whiskey. What about White Claw? Does he still have that?
1: No, apparently not. Uh, I guess. Good. the The state of Ohio, in back here stateside, uh, apparently, in another news story, has been decided to have been the most fervent consumer of White Claw. Uh, white claw is a victim of its own success the hard seltzer brand confirmed a nationwide shortage in the united states sparked by the drinks rising popularity and mainly the 65 year old man in front of me at the liquor store today buying eight cases of blackberry white claw i
2: saw someone buy like five cases that's the thing Uh, no one buys
1: it by the pack everyone buys it by the case (laughs)
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: uh, we are working around the clock to increase supply Given the rapid growth in consumer demand Sanjiv uh, Sure
2: uh, I thought Wh- I had it hard with the Scotch names <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, give me this one White Claw's Senior Vice President of Marketing uh, Talking to CNN Business, where we sourced uh, White Claw has accelerated faster than anyone could have predicted You don't basically
2: say. Basically saying We're just as surprised as you are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The company didn't specify when stock will return to normal, uh, but said it has been allocating product to our distributor partners to keep all markets in stock the best we can and will continue to do so until we get back to our normal safety stock position. White Claw has blown up recently. It's the summer of Claw. Like, that's, Mm, everyone knows it. Uh, Sparking memes and trend pieces. Sales of the drink grew 283% to $327.7 million in July compared to the same period last year. Its sales also accounted for nearly 55% of all hard seltzer sales for the week of July 4th. A 200% increase since 2018's 4th of July sales. So... It's absolutely insane. So yeah. July 4th week. So that's going to be like, that was your peak alcohol sales for the year, I'm assuming. Like that's, I don't know what other point people are going to be going out to the liquor store and buying, you know, a bunch of alcohol. That's pretty much it because everyone's getting ready to go party. 55% of the hard seltzer market was theirs. When you think about all the other brands out there, like they it that hard. So the beverage, which the indus- uh, the beverage which is the industry leader, was launched by Mike's Hard Lemonade Maker, Mark Anthony Brands in 2016. That same year, Anheuser Busch uh, bought Spiked Seltzer, which led to Bon & Viv. Boston Beer began manu- manufacturing, truly another popular hard seltzer. It took White Claw uh, a while to catch on with drinkers. Yeah, if you'll remember our White our you White Claw episode. <laughs> it's just become synonymous with it I'm, I'm doing that I'm doing the band-aid yeah. mm-hmm. thing uh, but when we did our hard seltzer episode I don't did any of us even get a white Claw? no mm, don't think so it was just, it's not it on wasn't a radar. as much of a thing at that point yeah it was like I don't know I, it was more of a uh, we've heard about it and I didn't had really seen a lot of it around and now clearly it is just dominated yeah uh, <sighs> Now people are seeking out drinks with fewer calories and less sugar, and seltzers fit the bill. White Claw uh, and White Claw and Competitor Truly both have around 100 calories per can, and Bonnevive has about 90 calories per can. Uh, the fad isn't fading either. Last month, Anheuser-Busch launched a new line of spiked seltzers under the Natural Light brand. And i got to say, I've seen people going on about how great they are, and the naming on those are pretty great, because you've got the catalina lime mixer oh that's right yeah (laughs) that that's just like on point and oh we should have gone to it i think last weekend in cincinnati there was an actual catalina wine mixer down in (laughs) washington park like someone was hosting it like a giant party they said no helicopters would be there but encouraged everyone to dress as though they were going to such an event (laughs) right uh So these new products can help these companies, such as Anheuser-Busch, buffer those losses. Because, you know, people aren't buying as much beer. Uh, Beth Bloom, Associate Director of U.S. Food and Drink for Mintel, previously told CNN Business because beer sales are declining. Alcohol drinkers have been generally favoring premium beer and liquor. Hard Seltzer, a lower calorie alternative to beer, could still share away from light beers, according to a recent note. And it's no big surprise that the, uh, you know, craft beer can't really compete as hard with this, but some craft beer makers got in early and are kind of, you know, staying afloat in their local markets by supplying another alternative, I guess, especially in this case, when the White Claw is uh, running dry, their stuff is also right there.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. No, this is all part of White Claw's plan. They know once you're out, you'll just want it more. <laughs> speaking of people who can't, uh, speaking of people who cannot uh, uh, follow through on their uh, supply issues, uh, <laughs> apparently Bethesda's got another spirit coming out
1: because <laughs> the Fallout Rum went so well. Yeah, they they've so been killing well.
0: it since then. Uh, so Doom is getting an officially licensed Bone Vodka.
1: Look, I'm beyond excited for <laughs> Doom. Like, not not this, the, the actual game. Right.
0: I was going to right. you know. say,
2: you want to drink this? No, you, no, you God, go ahead.
0: no. Uh, so, um, so, yeah. Uh, remember when EA partnered with real-world weapon manufacturers to promote the Medal of Honor reboot? Uh, <sighs> so, this is one of those things where it's just like, oh, okay, okay. Um, so, uh, it, this is real though. Bethesda UK confirmed this on Twitter says we've teamed up with, uh, was it rebel distillers to create doom bone vodka. And then of course they've got a link for more information. Um, first things first,
2: not familiar with the, the, the style of vodka known as bone vodka. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Uh, it says according to the spirits business, I guess it's a magazine or website, uh, Marrow is extracted from beef bones that have been roasted and smoked and is macerated in a neutral grain alcohol. It's then distilled at a low temperature in a vacuum still, resulting in a dry, earthy start, and umami and buttery feel on the tongue, and a finish that's smoky and peppery.
2: It's like they described everything you don't want to drink.
0: Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Uh, so the Rebel Distillers, the company making the vodka, describes the Would drink. Would you and-
2: like some dry dirt? <laughs> More or less. Mix that in with some, some nice diacetyl. Mm. And then, and then let's just put in some pepper in there too.
0: We don't know why. And I like the umami flavor, I've, I've, I've learned, but I don't know that I want to drink it.
2: <laughs> you want to drink some miso soup?
0: No. <laughs> Uh, says uh, this is a distillery. Says uh, describes the drink as a world first vodka using bones sourced from world famous butchers, the Ginger Pig. Ugh, that's not helping. <laughs> it's nothing it's about not helping. that is uh, uh, not appetizing. So it says we're tapping into one of the world's favorite hobbies, video games, to offer a unique perspective in spirit production. Uh, this is all from the distiller. Uh, Doom Eternal is a world of flames and demons, a barbecue pit with action. A smoked bone vodka is certainly a new take on spirit provenance. <laughs> oh God! Oh, this hurts. Um,
2: <laughs> it's, this is what nightmares are made of.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so they, of course they go on to mention the whole nuka dark rum thing, and and that was- Bethesda's and, uh- other attempts. Uh, yeah. Oh,
2: but uh, so I'm just saying, like, everything that they made for Fallout as a, a, a tie in was like greatly disappointed, disappointing, yeah. as was Fallout 76.
1: And I uh, never actually got to play I was actually excited. I, I didn't actually play any of it, yeah, I just I know that it didn't do as well as very excited to play it and never got a chance to play it. And mainly because everyone I know didn't play it. <laughs> so if it's a multiplayer game, I want to be on there with my friends, my friends aren't there. Yeah, I'm not not gonna gonna be be
0: there. defeats the purpose. Uh, so finally, uh, so just some info about the bottle, like when when the when this is happening, essentially. So uh, seven hundred milliliter bottles. They're going to so look like twenty-four like ounces.
1: Nuka-Cola bottles,
0: <laughs> which is just be weird. Uh, Fifty-five dollars each. Nuka Clear.
2: Well, uh, I was like Chris, they're going like Nuka-Cola bottles, but they're going to be sh- they're just going to strip all the the cheap plastic they had around it that made them look like Nuka-Cola bottles. <laughs>
0: Uh, They're going to be available in the UK, EU, and Australia, so not here in America. Um, Thank God. Yeah, but they're expected to begin shipping near the end of September, just in time for the release of Doom Eternal on November 22nd. So you got a window there. Um, It's interesting they're not launching it here.
2: No, it's fine that they're not.
0: It's fine, (laughs) yes, but it's just like, that's, I mean, I can understand the UK, but um, yeah, I don't know.
2: I'm surprised they're launching Doom Eternal in Australia. That's what I'm surprised by. Uh, They have some weird video game laws. Uh, Fair enough. You know, let's... Yeah, speaking of tragedies in the UK. (laughs) I was going to say, how are we going to do this one? (laughs) Uh, There's been a, a huge gin spill caused the closure of a major UK highway for 11 hours following a collision between two semi-trucks on Wednesday.
1: Hey, uh, what could you call this?
2: It's a gin (laughs) incident, If you will. Well, uh, one of the trucks involved in the crash was carrying 30,000 liters of gin, which spilled onto the tarmac, causing a fire risk, TBC report said. Emergency servers worked overnight to prevent flammable liquid from igniting covering it with protective foam. Because of It's in all... England. I'm surprised they didn't all just go down and go, alright boys,
1: lap her up. That, that was the problem. See, everyone was running out there to lap up the gin on the streets because it's the UK and they love gin, but they couldn't stop smoking long enough to do it, <laughs> and everyone was afraid that the alcohol vapor was just going to ignite.
2: All those, all those rich women on diets needed... Uh... <laughs>
1: It had to be
0: an uh, interesting smell.
2: <laughs> mm. Well, the incident occurred in uh, Cheshire uh, County, northwest of England. Uh, in northwest England, uh, local police said the collision caused long delays, but thankfully there were no injuries. Uh, Rachel Sargent, one of the drivers, caught uh, caught up the tailback, tweeting uh, tweeted that she uh, was sitting 200 yards away from 32 uh, 32,000 liters of spilt gin and joked that it was heartbreaking that she didn't have a straw. See? She was there. She knew.
1: (laughs) She she was on top of it. She could still smoke if she had a straw to suck up the gin. She didn't have to get the cigarette close enough to ignite it. That's...
2: Local police found humor in this situation, tweeting, Last night's major gin incident was on the rocks for a while, but there's been plenty of shaking... After plenty of shaking, even more stirring, the M6 highway is back open. Oh. Tangeray, no one was seriously injured, and now everything has been swept away.
0: You know, I would have been disappointed had they not had that literally exact tweet.
1: So, that, <laughs> Like, that just, good on them. That, no, that's right on, and I still am disappointed in us that when we reported the Founders buyout, we, we missed... The perfect title—I can't remember. Uh, someone did use it. No one suspects the Spanish, Spanish. acquisition. Mm. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you sent that to me while I was at work, and my coworkers heard me just like yell,
0: "God damn it! I <laughs> <laughs> missed it." <laughs> uh, that would have been the one exception when we should just title the news episode. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: All right. So we
1: had an incident like this where, near where we used to live, only it was with uh, oh, maple the... syrup. And that's when I was like, no. Like uh, We heard about it after that it cleaned up, and I was so upset. I was like, no, I would have made waffles and gone out there with a plate of waffles and stared at it sadly. And
0: the only the only great thing is because it was a maple syrup truck that turned over on buttermilk pike.
1: Yeah, that's what. Yeah.
0: We were like, oh, God.
1: <laughs> it's, it was too good.
2: <laughs> you just show up with waffles going, What's going on, guys? Get get away. Get, get out of here. <laughs> just just stop. Just, just a bit. Can I can, just get a little? Uh, <laughs> no, here, just, you don't even just, have to let I'll just I'll just dip it in the road. I'll, I'll just rub it on
1: can the you highway. Imagine? I'll just rub it on the interstate. Mm.
0: <laughs> on that note, we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show, but we also do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash have a drink show. We will see you again next weekend. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Frazier.
0: And I'm Christopher Walker. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.